Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. With the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man is on the air. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, the story's rare. Take his advice and you'll look keen. You'll get a shave that's smooth and clean. You'll be a Colgate brushless fan. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bill Stern speaking from Chicago, bringing you the 422nd edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. We're speaking from Chicago tonight because we're en route to Madison, Wisconsin to broadcast tomorrow's Wisconsin-Michigan football game. We have two guests this evening. The first is the most famous aviator in America, Captain Eddie Rickenbacker. And the second is the wife of the immortal football coach of Notre Dame, Mrs. Newt Rockney. But first, here is Real One. I heard somebody say the other day, where does Bill Stern get off telling me about shaving? What does he know about beard softening? Well, I do happen to know the difference in shaving and the reasons that Colgate Brushless Shave Cream gives you close, clean shaves. And I'm making you a proposition, and here it is. There's one buck cash, says Colgate Brushless, wins in a flash. Listen. Because it's light and finer textured, Colgate Brushless completely surrounds, softens, and supports each bristle better than greasy, heavy creams. No matting down, no clogging. Your razor doesn't skid or skip when you use Colgate Brushless, but cuts through clean and smooth. Yeah, Colgate Brushless Shave Cream wins any man who shaves with it. There's one buck cash, says Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. You try Colgate Brushless. Then if you're not convinced that it shaves you clean, close, and comfortably, I'll send you one dollar. That's right. If you're not 100% satisfied with Colgate Brushless, send the carton top back to me, Bill Stern, Kara Colgate, Jersey City, to Zone 2, New Jersey, and I'll see that you receive one dollar pronto. Now, I'm no salesman, but I do know my shaving. I know Colgate Brushless gives clean, cool, comfortable shaves. Remember, one dollar cash says Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. Real two, profile of tomorrow's Northwestern Notre Dame football game. Because Northwestern and Notre Dame do play here in Chicago tomorrow, I'd like to tell you a story about each team tonight. We'll begin first with a story on Northwestern. Strange that we should be telling this story tonight. For this story came to a climax exactly five years ago tonight. For this is the story of Bill Eady. Not many years ago, Bill Eady was the student manager of the Northwestern football team. On the day his Northwestern team was scheduled to play Notre Dame, the phone rang in the team's dressing room. Being the team manager, Bill Eady answered that telephone. To his surprise, the voice on the other end of the phone was that of the famous American aviator, Eddie Rickenbacker. Eddie Rickenbacker explained that he was anxious to see the game, but that he couldn't buy a ticket anywhere. And so, he was wondering if anybody in the athletic office could help him out. Sure, sure, stammered Bill Eady. I'll be only too glad to help you out, Mr. Rickenbacker. You see, I'm the student manager of the Northwestern team. Come on out to the stadium. I'll get you a ticket. And so it was that the famous Eddie Rickenbacker met young Bill Eady. Rickenbacker thanked that youngster for getting him a ticket. And he invited him to have dinner with him after the game. And at dinner that night, Eddie Rickenbacker asked that youngster what he was going to do after he graduated from Northwestern University. For a moment, Bill Eady hesitated. And then he said, I don't know what I'm going to do, Mr. Rickenbacker. I'd like to get a job. Ever think of aviation, Bill? Take my advice and get into flying. You'll never regret it. I might even be able to help you get started. Bill Eady graduated from Northwestern University, and he did take Eddie Rickenbacker's advice. 
He did take up aviation, and he did become a flyer. Now, let's skip over ten years. Over to October the 21st of 1942, when one night, as America was listening to their favorite radio programs, they suddenly heard the announcer cut in to say, We interrupt this program to bring you a special bulletin. America's most famous aviator, Eddie Rickenbacker, has just crashed in the Pacific Ocean. Eddie Rickenbacker crashed into the Pacific Ocean? It seemed incredible. A week went by, then two weeks, three weeks. Finally, when nothing was heard from him, he was given up for dead. Then, on the morning of the 24th day, newsboys suddenly were screaming... Hexter! Hexter! Eddie Rickenbacker found floating in Pacific Ocean! Eddie Rickenbacker rescued! Hexter! Hexter! Read all about it! Eddie Rickenbacker had been saved. He'd been saved by a Navy flyer. But the amazing part of this story is that out of all those thousands who were looking for Eddie Rickenbacker in that ocean... That Navy flyer who found him in the middle of the Pacific Ocean was the very boy that Eddie Rickenbacker had started in aviation. The former student manager of the Northwestern football team, Bill Eady. Profile of Eddie Rickenbacker, who owes his life to the aviator he started in aviation. Now the next voice you hear will be Eddie Rickenbacker speaking in person from New York City. Thank you, Bill. You know, it was just five years ago today that I was rescued by Lieutenant Billy D. of the Navy. He was a fine lad. Gave his life for his country. And thinking of this country, I'm glad that football means so much in America. For in football, our boys are taught to stand on their own feet. And you know, Bell, the former head of West Point must have thought the same thing. For in speaking of football, he once said, Upon the fields of friendly strife are sown the seeds, that upon other fields, on other days, will bear the fruits of victory. The man who said that was General Douglas MacArthur. This is Eddie Rickenbacker in New York, returning you to Bill Stern in Chicago. Thanks so much. Good luck and good night, Eddie Rickenbacker. Real three, Don Elder. A little while ago, I told you the very simple reason why Colgate Brushless Shave Cream just about wins every man. Now I'm going to ask Bill Stern to tell you again. Fellas, it's just as simple as this. Because it's light and finer textured, Colgate Brushless completely surrounds, softens, and supports each bristle. It's better than greasy, heavy creams. No matting down, no clogging. Your razor doesn't skid or skip when you use Colgate Brushless. It cuts through clean and smooth. Lighter, finer-textured Colgate Brushless really pleases a man the very first time he tries it. Colgate Brushless gives him a close, clean shave that's really comfortable. Try Colgate Brushless. If you're not convinced that what I said is true, I'll send you one dollar if you'll send the carton top back to me. Bill Stern, Kara Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey. Remember, one dollar cash says Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. Real four, profile of Notre Dame. In the beginning of this program tonight, I promised to tell you one story about Northwestern and the other about Notre Dame, since these two schools are meeting right here in Chicago tomorrow. Well, you heard the Northwestern story. Now here comes the one about Notre Dame. And yet, strangely enough, this story about Notre Dame is not about tomorrow's game. It's rather about the game that Notre Dame played last Saturday with Army. 
For last Saturday, the greatest football rivalry of all time came to a close when Notre Dame played Army for the last time. Notre Dame and Army. What a series that's been. A rivalry that began way back in 1913 when an Army man said, Listen, we need an easy team to fill out our schedule. How about that little Midwestern school called uh, Notre Dame? That little Midwestern school called Notre Dame beat Army that year 35-13 to 13 by throwing the first forward pass ever seen in the East. And that first pass was caught by an unknown guy named Rockney. But Army came back the next year to beat Notre Dame 41 to nothing. And so the series began. Great Army teams have kept it going. And one of Army's greatest was the memorable 1927 team. A team that beat Notre Dame 18 to nothing. A team of which Newt Rockney said, Well, there's one consolation in getting beaten by guys like that. It's nice to know that if there ever were a war, they'd be on our side. And how right he was. What a record that Army team made in this last war. Listen, right halfback, Rosie O'Donnell. Shot down four Jap planes in one day. Sunk two enemy transports, one enemy cruiser. Decorated three times for bravery. Quarterback, Art Meehan. Awarded the Distinguished Service Cross. Led bombers over Japan. Led attack on Wake Island. Missing in action. Right tackle, Blondie Saunders. Took command of burning bomber while pilot dead. Co-pilot dying. Two motors gone. Right wing on fire. Brought plane in, saved crew. Left leg amputated. Left leg amputated. Those were great men, those players from Army's 1927 team. They kept the rivalry between Army and Notre Dame going through the years. And last Saturday, that rivalry ended when Army played Notre Dame for the last time. But I mustn't speak only of Army men who've made this series great. Notre Dame players have done just as much, had just as much to do with it. Players of whom Grantland Rice once wrote... Outlined against the blue-gray October sky, the four horsemen rode again. The four horsemen of Notre Dame. The most famous backfield that ever lived. But there were other Notre Dame stars, too. Who can forget Notre Dame's greatest, George Gipp? He died in Newt Rockney's arms. Just before he did die in Newt Rockney's arms, he said, I'm not afraid to die, Rock. But do me one favor. Sometime when the going gets tough, Tell him to score one for the Gipper. It was eight years later in 1928, in the 1928 Army Notre Dame game, when Rockney told his team, this is that day, men. Let me see you get out there and score one for the memory of George Gipp. An inspired Notre Dame team raced out on that field to play Army. And in the dying moments of that game, as Jack Chevney crashed over for the winning touchdown, he said, there you are, Rock, that one was for the Gipper. Jack Chevney did that. The same Jack Chevney who in this last war gave his life for his country. These and many more were the fighting Irish who made each year's Notre Dame Army game. They're gone now. Last Saturday, their rivalry came to an end. But we can't finish this story without mentioning one other person, a man named Newt Rockney. Cheer, cheer for old Notre Dame. Wake up the echoes cheering her name. Newt Rockney was the heart and soul of Notre Dame football. To him, the Army game meant more than any other on Notre Dame's schedule. And I think that somehow last Saturday he was watching them for the last time, and I wonder what he was thinking. But if anyone would know his thoughts, it would be his wife. And here she is in person. The wife of the immortal coach of Notre Dame, Mrs. Newt Rockney. Yes, I think I know what my husband would think. 
sorry that the Army Notre Dame series was coming to a close. But along with his sorrow, he'd be very proud. Proud that this rivalry had come to mean so much. Proud his Notre Dame teams and the Army teams they opposed played such hard, clean football. And proud of all the Army coaches that were his rivals. Lastly, he would say, everything happens for the best. And someday, if both schools would like to play again, let's hope that this great series between Army and Notre Dame may be resumed. Should old acquaintance be forgot? Thank you, Mrs. Rockney. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. That's our tribute to the men of Army and to the men of Notre Dame. Men who met last Saturday for the last time, ending the greatest tradition in football. Army and Notre Dame. May they never, never be forgotten. But speaking of Army and Notre Dame men, let me tell you of one man who tried to go to both Army and Notre Dame. His name was Stanley Royce. First, he tried to enter West Point. Because he wasn't a citizen of this country, he couldn't get in. Next, he changed his name to James Shannon. He tried to get into Notre Dame. However, at Notre Dame, Newt Rockney advised this boy not to play football, for Rockney felt that James Shannon didn't belong in sports as much as he belonged in music, and Rockney was right. For it was this youngster, James Shannon, who later wrote the lovely Irish lullaby, Tura Lura Lura. Tura That's the story of the Notre Dame Army Series, a series that produced some great games because of the men who went to both Army and the Notre Dame. And yet, because one man couldn't go to either school, he wrote a song. That's an Irish and That's the 3-0 mark for tonight. Next Friday evening, we'll be back same time, same stations, broadcasting whichever city has the next big, big, biggest football game. Our guest next Friday night will be the famous football coach, Lou Little, so be sure and be with us at our usual time next Friday evening. See you then. Until then, I'll be seeing you on the screen in the News of the Day newsreel at your favorite Lowe's or Associated Theaters. Now, until next Friday night at the same time, it's Bill Stern wishing you all a good, good night from Chicago. Bill Stern, the Colgate Chief Command, is on his way. Bill Stern, the Colgate Chief Command, had lost to say. He told you tales of sports heroes, the inside dope he really knows, so listen in next Friday night. The Bill Stern Show tonight came from New York and Chicago. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.